It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Children have been returning to school following the Easter break, which of course itself followed a long time of being taught at home. For some families, those kitchen-based classrooms became quite chaotic and there have been concerns that this is a generation of students subsequently behind on their education. Now the government's put a price tag on it, £1.7 billion. That's what it's estimated it will cost to get lessons in the UK back on track. But is it enough? The Education Policy Institute says the funding pot needs to be expanded up to £15 billion to help get young people back up to speed. The think tank says that without significant policy interventions and funding, there could be severe consequences for young people's education, their future earnings, mental health and life chances. The Evening Standards Education Editor Anna Davis has been covering this story for Tuesday's newspaper and online. Anna, it's been a tough year for everyone, but for children and parents, it's been a real toll. What's the EPI report saying? The report has looked at the impact, the economic impact of, of school closures, and they've come up with this figure of between 10 and 15 billion pounds needed over a number of years to enable children to catch up properly from what they've missed during the pandemic. And um, the government's already said it's going to give 1.7 billion pounds in the short term. So that will go on summer schools and extra tutoring. Um, and they are working on a plan for a long term catch-up fund and this report will actually inform that plan so it's a it sounds like a huge figure at the moment but it's actually spread if you if you spread it over three years and 8.2 million pupils it it works out as a roughly 610 pounds per pupil per year which doesn't sound like that much when you're talking about education which is as the prime minister said you know the top priority to catch children up on on all all the education they've missed over the last year And of course, there's been huge issues in terms of the access to learning materials, general life structure and the impact on young mental health. What have your contacts been telling you about these issues during the pandemic? There's two schools of thought. There's some education experts who who say it's very important not to catastrophize um, and children are very resilient. And many, many of them are so happy to be back in school and will bounce back. But there has also been a huge impact on 
very many other children. There's been a lot of anxiety over the last year and a, a big impact on the well-being, especially of teenagers, I think, because their brains are at crucial stage of development uh, when they should be sort of separating from their parents and working out who they are. And they've been stuck inside, locked down with all the anxiety about their exams and whether the GCSEs and A-levels are going to happen or how they're going to be assessed. So they're back at school now, but they're, the impact of that could cause you know, some, some mental health problems and anxiety in teenagers. You know, some teachers I've spoken to um, have seen like an increase in ticks in some children, which could be due to anxiety, um, increase in eating disorders, because all these things are normally picked up by teachers at an early stage because schools are closed um schools were closed uh, you know that some of the things have been missed so there has been a big impact right and of course some schools have done brilliant work making sure some of the most disadvantaged pupils have not only been kept educated but fed properly this last year a lot of the private schools have prided themselves on pretty much seamlessly moving over to online learning. And it, it's been amazing because teachers didn't get much notice at all of what was going to happen. And they have managed to set up home learning, something that's never been done before. But the extent to which it's happening in different schools, the variety is huge. Some schools have spent a lot of time doing welfare checks on pupils, so phoning children who they know that are vulnerable um, to check they're okay and even going around and knocking on their doors. And some schools have had to focus on taking food to families that they know will be struggling. That's another example of how the, the disadvantage gap is widening because you know schools with many pupils who need that kind of help may not be able to focus so much on on the getting them to sit down in front of a zoom call and do do their maths work when they're, they're more concerned with you know trying to get them food and make sure they're safe yes and all this sounds like there could be some real long-term difficulties caused by covid when this generation head into the workplace in the years to come and the government's also planning summer schools to help children catch up today's report depressingly predicts that if nothing is done to to help children catch up then their future income could drop by between £8,000 and £50,000 as a result. And then that would also have an impact on the economy of the country. So there is a clear need for extra help to be given. And the government so far is focused on summer schools and tutoring. Some teachers have expressed concern about the summer schools because teachers are very, very tired. Some of them may not want to spend their summer working in summer schools when they need a break. But then if the children don't have a qualified teacher, it will be potentially more like childcare rather than actually helping them really catch up academically. And there is also a concern that the children who need it most are, are the most hard to reach. How will they ensure that, uh, that the, those children turn up during the summer? I see. And the uh, National Education Union also on Tuesday points to what it calls the education divide and an increase in child poverty, which has left many youngsters extremely vulnerable post-COVID. What have been some of the main criticisms about how the government has dealt with learning during the pandemic? Most of the teachers and heads that I've been speaking to over the past year would say that they haven't had enough information from the government about what's going on. They wanted to know about school closures, school reopenings, you know, to give them some 
advance notice so they could do planning they would always say that they would get guidance sort of at 10 o'clock on a Sunday evening and have to read it all and get everything ready so they said it was just chaos and they wanted to know about the exams um, and they said that they just got the information at the same time as the public and they should have been given advanced warning or they should have been consulted and that was a, a huge criticism that has been a huge criticism lack of laptops as well has been a big worry for for many pupils and the government has delivered some laptops but there are still many children that I hear about that don't have access to technology that they need to work at home and some charities have been stepping in to, to fill those gaps. Thanks very much for your insight on this, Anna. And hopefully there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in terms of young people's resilience and their ability to adapt for the future. There's many experts who say that children are so resilient and they're going to come through this and be stronger. And, you know, some people who are saying children don't need to catch up and spend all their time um, sort of working and trying to catch up academically. Sometimes the best thing might be to spend all summer playing, catching up with friends, building their confidence and just enjoying themselves and having some fun, which they've been lacking in the past year. We have much more on this story in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Follow the live blog for breaking news. That's The Leader. We're back at 4pm on Wednesday. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.